Hello and welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast. This is episode 144. Uh, Peter and I have had quite a week and we have something that is really um, on our hearts to share with caregivers out there. Uh, an issue that we see coming and really creating some problems for people we care about and for their loved ones. And we want to uh, shed a little light on something that we've talked about before. Very um, And the caregivers we've talked to know something about this too, and yet what we're finding is they need either a refresher or they need just a little bit deeper understanding of what's happening for them and how it's affecting them. I think that our approach toward sustaining caregivers comes from the, our basic fundamental work, which is to help people with trauma and how that trauma has affected their lives, their bodies, their nervous systems, their reactions, um, their contaminated, troubled lives from things that have happened in the past. That's been our specialty for an awfully long time. We've, we've included and we've morphed into something that to us is very meaningful, and that is to help the caregivers who are working so hard with folks that are in need. Um, it's a very tough job. It's a, a very high calling. And yet, the truth of the matter is when it comes to understanding what it takes to be a resilient caregiver. That seems to be a foreign type of uh, knowledge. We've seen certain cultures that are much better than ours in the United States where caregiving is part of an understanding and that type of compassion is part of the culture in the Philippines, Fiji, Haiti. Um, some areas of Latin America. Latin America, but they're much better than we are, although we have some very good Americans too. But it's part of their culture. But one of the things that's lacking in all of their cultures, including ours, of course, is self-care and what that actually means and how to, how to be a, a resilient, growing, uh, healed and healing caregiver. That's the unusual um, direction that we see. We also see a lot of caregivers absorbing an incredible amount of energy in what they do by giving so much to people that are in distress that are sick, that are dying, that they're disabled. And so they're pouring out an awful lot of their energy and helping and giving, which is, and, and it's needed. But the thing is, they don't know how to preserve themselves. They don't know how to read certain sensitivities that are going on in the interaction that must be um, acknowledged and made aware of and, uh, and dealt with at some point. So it doesn't begin to take a... a, a, a a cost on the caregiver, which eventually the ultimate is burnout, where they don't want to do it anymore. They're resentful. They're angry. They 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 feel justified. We've seen so much of that, and they're blaming everybody. But the truth of the matter is, they're burned out. Yeah, I want to add some couple of things to what Go you ahead. just said, mm -hmm. and that is that there is plenty of talk about self care. Mm -hmm. So often, and and some of it is right on target, yeah, but so much of it uh, tends to focus more on physical self care. And our focus is don't forget emotional self-care. That is crucial. And the other point that, that I want to make is that, true, caregivers give out an incredible amount of energy in mm -hmm. what they do. Mm -hmm. But they don't all know that they're taking on no, energy. No, that's right. And that is a key point, and we want to make that a little more clear today in our <coughs> podcast. I want to say something else about caregivers. They're empathic type of person, people. They're also, and I, don't, I include myself in this, they're also people that have had their own damaged pasts. 
and they <coughs> part of their empathy comes from their own life experiences and that can be a real plus it can also be a real vulnerability that can get them in trouble um, so we pay attention to that kind of thing about the person getting for that person to know themselves and also to understand when it is overstimulated by the energies they've absorbed and depleted that this stuff will begin to get stimulated and rise out of the unconscious out of the nervous system and begin to take on a life of its own in the present there's a <coughs> there's a direct connection and we're going to explore that today between the energy that a caregiver takes in and the unresolved emotional issues that you're talking about inside that get triggered and then come back out and create trouble in the present. Yeah, and that is, I, I, she's right about one thing. Self-care for many agencies and programs is emphasized to some degree or another very well, but not this. Nowhere do I see this. We do it because we've learned from the work we've done for all these years. Um, and then as caregivers ourselves and some of us as recipients, how this carries over and how important it is and how important caregivers and caregiving is. And it's growing the need exponentially. So we know this is very important. But I think we have training manual. We've, we've trained many people uh, using these, these methods before. And I think that Jenny had something she wanted to read wanted from to read one of our manuals. Because I think how we put it here could be helpful in understanding how this energy we're talking about comes from the person you're caring for and comes in. It's not always clear, and I, I'm hoping this will help. So let me read this a little ahead. bit. Yeah. This is right out of our manual on resilience and renewal for caregivers. Um, Even when a caregiver has healthy, effective boundaries in place, working with a client or a loved one uh, results in taking on some of their emotional energy. Of course. So a sensitive caregiver, and this is a key point, establishes an empathic connection the bridge, yeah. with the person they care for yeah. uh, through their words and through touch, both. Um, and as the person they're caring for releases their emotional energy, it could be their distress, their pain, their suffering, as that is released, the caregiver absorbs some of that energy. It comes in right through, I consider maybe if we called it like a, a path, that their empathy is a connection that becomes a path for that energy to come back into them. And then we go on, just and then I'm gonna let go you ahead, go, go back. Ahead, go and then ahead. we go on to say that that energy coming in is usually can be very much full of pain and suffering and difficulty. Well, that's what we're dealing with. That's sure. what we're dealing with, and it it stimulates personal, internal emotions in the caregiver, and then their energy, and that is what we call triggering. triggering. That's, that's a direct um, connection with the, much of the work that we've done. I've done a lot of research. I've written a book. We're going to update it called Trauma Healing the Hidden Epidemic. It's a good book. It's got a lot of good stuff in it. Um, there's a lot of emphasis today. I, mean, this one, I want to put this out. People use the word and talk about trauma, particularly professionals, a lot. What we're discovering, though, is how little they truly understand 
about the impact and the effects of trauma. It, that, is, it, it, it surprised amazing. us. It's very surprising. Yeah. It also surprises us when we assume, based on what they're saying, that they understand and embrace more than they really do. So we've made the mistake in the past of assuming and then going ahead with a more advanced approach to our training and realizing this has got to slow down. We've got to take time with this and help people understand this for their own self-preservation. Um, we've also seen the toll it takes on us. If we deal with professionals and, and folks, not just professionals, but people who are caregivers yeah. of all kinds, yeah. and we deal with them and we pour out ourselves and our training because we care very much. We do. And all of a sudden we're realizing we are draining a lot because the people we're, we're talking to and dealing with are so depleted and in such need. And that is an intuitive kind of grasp that we begin to have. Now, we don't stop the training, but it, it really helps us when we have a, a, a more accurate monitor to know how quickly to go, how much to share, how, where to start. And it, it's a way for us to preserve ourselves. Yeah. So we're not just talking about other people preserving themselves. We're talking about ourselves, too. Absolutely. And um, we've learned the hard way what it means to not preserve ourselves and getting what begins to happen and how our our behaviors our abilities begin to get contaminated and we begin to react poorly or off to, off off the mark in our present and it's not be, it's because the old stuff has taken on an emotional charge an energy charge that it's pre, it's becoming predominant in the present it doesn't fit and you talk to a person that's going through it and doing it, they don't know that. They believe it's really happening now. Mm -hmm. And then their reactions begin to they begin, begin very reactive. We've seen so many people, we've talked about the different stages uh, to pay attention to in our, our training uh, on the emotional toll that it takes. We've also talked about... Um, we've talked about ways to preserve yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, we, I just put it out there, pushing the pause button, the off button, the on button. They're u very useful tools, um, and we use them, and we teach people how to use them. We've also talked a lot about the body and being able very to right read so. uh, that each of us have patterns uh, in, in how the energy or the triggering that's happening and the emotion in our body and to be aware of our own patterns. Okay, absolutely. Here's the other thing that happens to all of us when we're caregiving. The people we're taking care of, their needs are so great that it's so easy for an empathic person, particularly an empathic person that has some glitches from their own past. And I think they all do. And we all, they, <laughs> we. I think we all, all have do. those. Okay, we yes, all have them. Yes, It doesn't have to be a negative, but it can turn out to no, be. No, as long as you're aware. Yeah. And you deal with it. And here's what happens. Um, we put ourselves aside. And we go, how can we worry and think about ourselves with what we've got we going be, on? It couldn't be as important as a person. And you know, it's not all conscious. No. But we begin to make those kind of decisions. That's when the trouble starts. And there's a thing called disassociation that begins to take place where we actually disconnect from what we're feeling and what's going on so we can survive and provide and do what's needed. Mm -hmm. If we do not take care of ourselves in what we've absorbed, we are going to start the process toward burning out, which is 
Yeah, no, it, it doesn't go away. It's like sweeping dirt under the rug. It's still there. And it's cumulative. And it can really come back and bite you. And I think we've seen it more so since the pandemic than ever before on a much greater scale. Where people have done that, we've watched an entire uh, profession of nurses who gave their heart and soul to the dying and the sick who burned out themselves and have become suicidal who never want to do the work again. There's such a loss in that profession and there's other professions as well because they didn't take the time to deal with themselves and frankly when the demands can be so enormous that it's easy to understand why that can happen and yet it's, it's a deadly mistake. Mm-hmm. So we're emphasizing that with these podcasts. We, I think when we first started, these, this is 144th. Yeah. We talked about this to, in length. And I think, I think we talked about it in too much. We wanted to do all the training on the podcast. It was too much. Yeah. But we, we realized it was such a fundamental necessity Right. To learn and to pay attention to. I remember one one episode uh, in the title had the word words the body mind connection, and Steve, our producer, has said that that has been one of the highest watched episodes or listened to episodes that we have because we have emphasized that because it is so important and people were picking up on it. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you the reason we're going back to it is because we've seen it in ourselves. We've seen it in others. We've seen the contamination in people's present lives when they don't deal with this. And maybe they understood it at one point, but they forgot it, or they've gotten caught up and blindsided, who knows. Many reasons, but their lives are deteriorating. Their relationships are deteriorating. Their health has been deteriorating. And we're not talking a little hit here and there. We're seeing it more and more and more. So we feel that because there's such a need for good caregiving, we want to do whatever we can to preserve the caregiver. Because, uh, you know, we've seen, we have teams of caregivers that we, we're not an agency, but that we trust. And one of the things that we run up against, and I I have, it bothers me, is when caregivers do a greatly good job, and they give no indication, and all of a sudden, they don't show up. And these people who are in real need of being taken care of, all of a sudden, don't have a caregiver. Now, we've run into it with all cultures, not just our own. And it's a tough one, because we have to fill in the gap very quickly. We're seeing it again. And we're seeing the same patterns. We, and they, when we check in with the caregivers, many times they do not want to say anything about what's happening. It may be because of shame or what's going on in their personal lives. We don't know. And they don't, at that point, have any trust, not because we're not trustworthy, because they've gotten so caught up in their old behaviors, their old life, and they believe they're, they're imprinting, they're putting it on the present, so that we don't have access to supporting them and helping them. Yeah. So this is something we know is very important. We also know what it's like I do, because I had a hip replaced, I had a traumatic injury on one of my horses, and you know, I needed caregiving for a couple of weeks, and it's the first time in my life that I was feeling really helpless. Thank you, God, that I we have this You've place. You've done so well. And I have so many wonderful... To I get to this point. I have done well. Mm-hmm. 
not it's having needed anything. And then finally it caught up with you. And yeah, yeah. No, and we were able to yeah. put together a team and, uh, that helped you get through that time. And I got to tell you how grateful I was and how vulnerable I felt um, and how helpless I was for a good 10 days, I'd say, maybe two weeks. But it was the first time in my life I'd been in that position. We were fortunate to have an incredible team. Now, here's the thing I realized is how much they gave of themselves for me and how much I needed for them to do that. So it gave me a new understanding of what it's like to be on the receiving end. I went through this taking care of my wife before she passed away, for, and so did everybody here. So we knew that from that point saw of view. Saw the other side, too. Yeah. Yes. So um, this, is, this is a little bit different, but it gave us another emphasis to pay attention to about this issue, and it has to be addressed. I'm seeing an awful lot of articles, by the way, in, uh, on editorials in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal on caregiving, and the <coughs> excuse me, the cost. Oh, well, financially, yes, mm -hmm. that definitely is That's it. true. But I meant the cost that it takes on an individual. Yeah. And um, it's it's the need is growing so enormously that this is a, a fundamental that has to be trained and taught. We've set up part of our nonprofit now called um, Lynn's Legacy, Caring for the Caregiver. We're seeking funding and grants and donations. It's not for us. It's because we're not, it's for the families in need. It's for caregivers uh, who aren't making enough money uh, that need the money. Uh, we've got to help them. But we're, we really believe that this is an, a really strong uh, tidal wave that's growing that we've got to pay attention to. Right. So this is an important, uh, an important podcast to us, and we hope it will help you um, and encourage you to reach out uh, for some help right. and to pay attention to yourself and your blind spots and your weaknesses and not to be ashamed, but don't wait until the contamination has grown so poor so significantly that you have a crisis in your personal life that we are finding this too folks have done such damage out of that that it's not retrievable so we're seeing how lethal this can become we do and that's why we wanted in this podcast to focus on this issue because we're seeing the need for it and we're just about out of time i want to give you a chance to if you want to hit one thing you want to make sure people take home with them today from this podcast if there's anything you'd like to add Anything you want to make sure that people hear? Hmm. I think you just summarized things pretty well. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I think from my heart, what I want to emphasize is my appreciation and gratitude for caregivers all over the, all over the world. And I do want to emphasize that you deserve better treatment and more appreciation. But also, you've got to open your eyes to yourselves. And you've got to know yourselves better, where your vulnerabilities are, and you've got to seek the kind of help and support that are going to help you grow and improve and become more resilient through addressing these things. It's doable. And I want to encourage you to do it. Please be in touch with us and seek us out because we do want to help you. So I will give them that information. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Mm -hmm. The Survivor's Guide to Life podcast is... Uh, made possible through Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, SCTT, 
at sctraumatreatment.org. There's a place where you could donate to help keep us on the air and on YouTube, which we are. We have our own YouTube channel. We're on all the podcast outlets. Uh, we have Facebook. We have Instagram. Please like and share. Uh, as Peter said, you can get hold of us at 707-781-3335 or Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com. And yes, we can let us know. You can get a copy of the book through us or through Amazon. It's on Amazon. And we wish you all the best. We really and do. Uh, our hearts are with all the caregivers out there. Um, please know that you are in such a valuable profession. And you're doing a very high calling. Yes. Thank you. Thank you.